How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer Weekend Variety Show for Sunday, January the 9th. Hello, my friends. I hope you're doing very well this weekend. And today we are going to continue our listener call-ins. I have just a few more to do. And uh, yeah, go ahead and take it away, John. Hi, Adrian. This is John Forex Levengood out of Cheyenne, Wyoming, USA. I'm on the Discord as FOURX11GD. My question for you is, how did you get into gaming journalism, specifically the uh, Gaming Observer? I'm pretty sure I haven't heard that story from you before. Second, I love that you're getting into the speedrunning community with Super Mario 64. I just recently got into Final Fantasy 1 randomizer racing, and I am having a blast. Talk to you next time. Bye. Okay, thank you, John, for calling in, and a great couple of questions there. I'll talk about them both. Uh, The first one, how did I get into games journalism? Well, I'm going to be a bit of a stickler here on terminology because I have always tried very, very hard to not call myself a journalist. Uh, I didn't go to school for journalism, and I don't really do what a journalist does. I don't do original reporting. Well, sometimes, but not all the time. Uh, I don't ask for comment. I mostly just read the work of other journalists and give you the condensed and most factual version of all of them. So I've always just kind of described this show as, hey, I'm a guy who likes video games with a microphone. And my hope is that you would see that as well. I mean, the work that an actual journalist puts into this kind of thing is is beyond anything that I do. So that being said, how did the Gaming Observer start? Uh, It's actually a a really simple answer. Most people listen to this show through ALEXA. There's a feature on there called Flash Briefings. And when I found out about the Flash Briefings feature, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Get, get my news in five minutes kind of a thing. Well, I went looking for video games, and the only thing that popped up was IGN. And what would you know? The reviews for IGN were terrible. They had like a two-star average rating or something like that. And I was like, hmm, they screwed something up here. I could probably do this. And so I started doing it, and out of nowhere, I had like hundreds of people listening. And we just grew and grew and grew year over year, and here we are. It was as simple as just starting. You know, I, I didn't re- really put a plan... I just did it to see what would happen, and very luckily, something happened. So yeah, I never really went on a path to try and do reporting stuff. I just saw an opportunity to talk about video games that I loved, and it worked out. So I feel very blessed for that. Now, for the second part, he talked about speedrunning, and I don't think I've really covered that much on this show so far. I've talked about it a little bit on the after show. But yeah, I've been getting really, really big into speedrunning over the last month or so. I did some speedrunning myself for Super Mario 64, which is a very beginner-friendly speedrunning type game. I did 16-star. And I was very encouraged by that, because normally I cannot do speedruns. It just looks so inaccessible to me. But that's when I realized, when you do speedrunning, you're not supposed to aim for the world record. You're just supposed to aim for the best that you can do. That's where the satisfaction is, because if you're constantly chasing the world record, you have to be so extraordinarily good. So I just had fun learning how to do it. And uh, I highly recommend you check out Awesome Games Done Quick, which is actually going to be starting today on Sunday, speedrunning marathon event. And I've been so enraptured with it as well that I'm actually planning on doing some bespoke YouTube content around speedrunning because there's a lot of stories there and there's not a lot of people there to tell those stories, but there's a lot of people who want to hear those stories. You know, the audience size for YouTubers like Summoning Salt, which I highly recommend you check out. Uh, there's a lot of people who are there just for the for the narrative of speedrunning, even if they are not speedrunning themselves. And I don't know, I just want to help platform those stories, I guess. 
So I have some stuff in the works. I'm, I'm quite literally working on it right now. We'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm hoping for at least one video. But there's just so much there. Speedrunning can be so drastically different from game to game. I mean, even John, he said that he was doing some Final Fantasy randomizers. And that's way, way different than just actually speedrunning Final Fantasy, right? It's a different set of skills. You can't, like, memorize roots. Okay, well, maybe there's a little bit of that, but the point of the, the randomizer is that you have to know the game very well and be able to adapt on the fly. There's some games that have a very visually distinct and recognizable glitch or skip or something like that. Obviously, Super Mario 64, that's a great example. And that's a game that's like, hey, you can do the 16 star in 20, 30 minutes. It's relatively short. You have some big moments, some ups and downs. Easy to digest. Then you have something like Pokemon, where the speedruns of Pokemon are literally three to four hours long, and they are insanely optimized. Every step of the way, the runner is doing so much stuff, you would not believe that they're going as fast as they possibly can in that moment, even though it's three, four hours long. And the strategies that you need to take for those two different games are appealing to different types of people. That's why I caution you, if you've, if you've written off speedrunning before, don't lump them all together, because they do very different things, depending on the game that you're looking at, and the category that you're looking at. But hey, I've talked enough. My friends, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to return to the daily news updates tomorrow, recap all the news from the weekend. And until then, happy gaming, everyone. Hey, it's the TGO After Show. Uh, in between recording the first show and this show, I was browsing r slash speedrun, the subreddit, and I just saw a headline that says that they 100% the game, and I'm going to butcher this, Botan Kaitos? Kaitos? Which is a 2003 role-playing game for the GameCube, and the speedrun for 100% is 337 hours. Like, what? <laughs> now, I read the FAQ, it turns out there's a bunch of stuff they have to do, but... Uh, one of the items in the game evolves over the course of two weeks. And so they spend a lot of the speed run literally doing nothing but, you know, sleeping, going to work. And then when they come back, they can do all the other stuff that they have to do. But I mean, isn't that wild? It's a speed run and it takes 337 hours. Oh my God. So much energy and so much work goes into these things. It blows my mind. Anyway, I don't need to talk about that anymore. I've talked so much about speed running, but it's my latest obsession. You know, I get into these little, these little obsessions. I used to talk about comics, board games. You remember my board game phase? It just happens. But hey, you know, I think that's something I, I need to do for myself because I always jump so far into the pool of whatever it is I get interested in that I just kind of oversaturate myself. And I would like to think that by the end of this, I'm going to find a few things that I really, really vibe with and that I can stick with. And for now, I can just kind of dance on the edges and say, oh, I tried this, you know, board games. It's one of those things that's like, I can have that forever now. You know, I, I have a good sense of the board game scene. And if I ever want to return to it, it's there. And just kind of having these interests in my toolbox, I think is going to work out for me. Really, what I want now is like a real world activity or interest because I spend so much time online. It's hard during COVID, but I don't know when we're traveling, like Shelby and I have talked about dancing before. We thought it would be cool to do like a some dance classes. Would really love to do some volunteering. Hard to do while you're traveling, but I really want to do sports. Like, I was really into baseball when I was a kid. If I was here permanently, if I was settling, then I would definitely get into a sport. But for now, it's kind of tough. 
I don't know, I see a lot of people who have these hobbies. You know, I, I love woodworking and building computers and just stuff with your hands, whatever. And that's just never been my thing. You know, as a kid, I was always really averse to it. I, I went to school for, for theater, and that's very hands-on. I really loved doing a lot of the stuff there, but I did not enjoy the woodworking. There's a lot of set building. That was not my forte, nor my interest. Mad props to everybody who's good with, uh, with a table saw. I am not that person. I made some, some bookshelves once. Or, sorry, not bookshelves. Book ends. That's my crowning achievement as a, as a woodworker. Anyway, finding something to do with my hands in the real world, away from a screen, I would love to do that as well. Maybe crocheting. I see a lot of crocheting, and I'm like, man, that looks like fun. I want to make something. And, and crocheting is nice, or any kind of knitting, I guess, because they have the patterns, right? And at least if I could just follow the pattern, then I get to make something cool. I would never be able to do it on my own. But again, hard to do when you're traveling. That's, that's very much a uh, buy a crap ton of yarn and shove it in your closet kind of hobby. Anyway, hey folks, we're gonna uh, be back with the news tomorrow. Hopefully there's stuff to talk about. And until then, farewell.